Jesus man. Christ, you people suck. Wow. Wolverine yeah. on it. Episode 586, January 13th, 2020. I feel like it was a missed opportunity that they didn't have Barbara Walters do the uh, the ball drop. So then she could say, this is Barbara Walters and this is 2020. What response are you expecting from me? This is a new decade. I am telling bad jokes. Oh, twenty twenty is the year of my die hard. I'm gonna I'm gonna do my first stand up where I get booed off the stage after three and a half minutes. Anyway, um, apparently Drew's not here, and Ryan has a Christmas thing on January twelfth. What are you doing, Wombat? Do you celebrate Christmas in January? Do I? No, I, I just wombat. Oh, I was asking if you were just seeing if, like, I was going to confirm that it's weird or not, because it is. No, it's very weird. I, I can understand doing it before. This far after seems a little odd. As yeah, I mean, Maybe he's prepping for leafing your... it's a Christmas 2020. I mean, it's only, what, 350-some oh. days away? Something? You mean I only have to wait? Like, Oh, wait, there's an extra day this year. It's a leap year. Oh. It's a leap. Pay attention. It's a leap year, and it's an election year in the United States, so... Woohoo! Yeah. (laughs) One Uh, more day to have political ads. Oh, I mean the... Yay! Well, they run they run pretty much all year here yeah, on the presidential I years know. because we we have to deal with it too. Oh, ha <laughs> ha! Has to see their your fucking ads. Uh, you know, big business. Why don't you vote Trump? No, and I can't anyways. So stop showing me this shit. <laughs> I mean, you got to fly down, make your vote heard. I have to stay. I I don't. That doesn't even count. That's it doesn't even count. Like I know people that have lived in the states for a long time, and they don't get to vote because they're technically not citizens or some shit. I don't know. Uh, don't ask me. I don't. Know. I can't keep up. Whatever. I anyway. haven't seen as many as last last election. I haven't seen. Oh, as just many wait. Ads. Oh, I know. I know they're coming. They're coming. Um. On the show we, we have me. Yep. Yeah, we, me, and you. We're gonna do a little show. Which is funny because I haven't really played any video games, and there's not a whole lot of news. And, and um, I got nothing to. <laughs> this is gonna be a good show. I can feel it. Yeah, I can feel it. Um, is there any games that you did want to talk about? 
No. Well, this is... I mean... Is there any that you want to talk about? Oh, I went back to The Witcher. Um, I've been playing Blood and Wine. I kind of... I. So I kind of wanted to, like, I was hoping that we would have kind of a bigger show because I thought, like, it would be a really cool anecdote to talk about why The Witcher is so good. I mean, we talked a lot about The Witcher last week because, you know, game of the decade kind of thing. So I'm playing Blood and Wine. If you don't know kind of what that story's about, it kind of involves vampires, which is kind of cool. Right, blood. Um, I have a general idea of The Witcher, but I realize that you're also talking to an audience after I started talking, so here I am, looking like an asshole. (laughs) <laughs> oh no, that's fine. Um, but um, um, what's Hearts of Stone based around then? In which one? Hearts of Stone is um, it's kind of a mixture of uh, it starts off with one. The the thing I like about the the Witcher DLCs is they kind of start off with a story, and then it kind of takes some twists and turns throughout. Um, Hearts of Stone starts off with you looking for, I believe it's like this guy, um, and it it evolves into like this story of revenge that you're doing for somebody. Interesting. Now, yeah. we, do they have any order that you're supposed to do them in, or like they uh, just kind of like like is there is there is there a finality that if you get to the end of one part, it's like this is clearly supposed to be the ending. Hearts of Stone still takes place within the main Witcher world, and uh, Blood and Wine actually takes you to a new area. And Blood and Wine's the one that's got the like um, windmills and fields and stuff. It's right? it's wine country, right? Okay, yeah, and, and in fact, you get your own uh, winery. That's one of the things they give you for for investigating the monster. All right, uh, but that uh, that story has taken a turn. I, I won't spoil it, but I was. So I was trying to find the vampire, and it told me I had to go find this monster that supposedly had been wiped out by all the witchers, but there was still one left. And he was cursed in a house full of spoons. So I was on my way to go, because I had to get his saliva or just kill him and take his saliva glands. Um, on my way there, I bumped into this dude who was, uh, was attending to somebody who had been killed. That turned into me reenacting an elven um like ritual and bringing to life a bunch of statues that I then had to kill um it's just that game it, this that it winds up I go and I get the, the the saliva glands but I sit down and have dinner with the monster to try to cure him of the curse <laughs> I mean that game is something man like you, you start off on this one thing, and you end off. It on... sounds like a D and D campaign. It is. It's and the thing with the the elven ritual that was a side quest. That was a side quest I just bumped into. I have this game sitting on my hard drive. Oh my god! And I know, I know, and it's the complete version because, of course, it's like fifteen bucks for all of it now. Um, well, unless you, unless you want it on Switch. Hello. I mean, look, there was. At least in that particular scenario, even though, yes, it's dirt cheap everywhere else, if that is the only way you can play that game, they clearly had to put work into it to <clears throat> run on that console. And it's not like it, in the case of other games where I go, really? It, at least that one's like you're getting more than enough content. It's really hard yeah. to be like, yeah, $60 isn't worth all this. 
Sixty dollars was worth it. I feel like I'm stealing the game at thirty or whatever I paid, or twenty or whatever I paid for it with all the content. I was like, that seems a little inexpensive, but okay. No, no, I'm not saying it's not worth sixty dollars. It's hard to say spend sixty dollars on a game you can get for fifteen everywhere else. Yeah, I understand that too. It's just this is like the only scenario where I'd go, okay. Yeah, if if you have another console, don't. Buy the Switch version. No, because it's not going to be nearly as pretty. No, and the but thing about The Witcher is, it is very pretty. It, it's just, it's one of those, like, Skyrim came out on the Switch at full price, and I went, all right, well. Yeah, no, I know it's got you. all the content for the, like. Nah, I to be honest with you, that game, that game, when you play it, it feels old because it still feels like Oblivion. So even though it's 2011. You're really playing Oblivion too. I, I I'm really down on kind of Skyrim's certain steps back, but it's just it was like by that point too, that game was getting reissued on all consoles, and they were they didn't have all the features of the, the <laughs> they didn't have like the mod features of the consoles and stuff on that because it wasn't the special edition or whatever the fuck it was. Yeah, uh, just. But no, oh, yeah. if, you, if, if you have not played The Witcher, you need to play The Witcher. Yeah, I know. And so good. I guess I can say what I've been doing instead then. I'm playing The Witcher of N64 games. And by that, I mean that there's a lot of content. But in this case, it's probably not all that great. And that's Donkey Kong 64. Yay. That's, not, I said a, myself, that's not a Witcher game. No, but I said it's a lot of content. I mean... It's, I didn't say it was good content. But, like, you know, The Witcher, The Witcher has a lot in it. And so does Donkey Kong 64, and that's where the similarities end. And I was just trying to segue into, I guess, talking about the thing I've been playing, which is Donkey Kong 64, because my smartass said, hey, next year, I'm going to 101% that game. And so I started up my N64 and playing it on tube television. I went, wow, this game's really freaking dark. I wonder if it's any better on the Wii U. And it was, so I had to start over. All right. The only really great thing about that game is the music. Well, yeah. Very, um, <clears throat> very good composers for those games. I think it's, I want to say, I know Grant Kirkhope worked on it for sure, but I want, and I know Dave Wise had some compositions, but I don't think he actually did any of the music in it. And I want to say Graham Norgate did it as well, who did some of the Donkey Kong Land soundtrack. Yeah, technically wrote all the music, but the composition was from Dave Wise and some of those. And then did the music for Blast Core as well, which I think is one of the best soundtracks of all their games. But um, it, it's uh, it, it's not horrible, but it's just, it's the example of like, maybe sometimes there's just too much stuff. Like, dial it back a bit. Yeah. And fun fact is that because I'm playing on the Wii U, the ROM in it is only edited to have the like expansion pack warning removed. So if I were to um, save state the game rather than normal saving it, uh, at some point in the save states, the game will crash because it you spend too much. Like that was the issue with the game and why I need the expansion pass was or expansion pass expansion pack um the pack just stopped a uh bug from happening which would cause the game to crash after it was left on too long 
which isn't an issue for most people, but if you play over 10 hours straight, which, God, why? Um, the game will crash, and that could happen on the Wii U version because there's no expansion pack. Yep. All right. Welcome to Stupidville. I played old games, too. Better than Donkey Kong 64, I'm sure. Um. Oh, <laughs> now I want to know. Well, no, it's... I like this game a lot. Oh, don't, don't tell me it's a lot Eternal of people, Champions. Uh, well, no, 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 no. I, I was playing PS1 games. Oh, okay. Um, actually, I played a couple um, games that I, I wanted to see if I still liked them. Um, Perfect been... Weapon. Let me tell you about that. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, first, I played Ghost in the Shell. That's a first-person it, shooter? It is, uh, think, Jumping Flash. And you kind of that's get, fine with me. I like jumping flash. Um, it's kind of that you run around in the um, the the what's it the Fuchikoma tank, yeah, uh, and shoot things with missiles and guns, and then you can like walk up walls. And I want to say they did that on the PSP as well. Uh there was a Ghost in the Shell game on the PSP, um, but it wasn't that a remake. It was similar though. Right? I think it had that mode in it, but I also think oh. it had like third person because the the PS2 game was a third person uh. game. Um, and then the, the PS1 game was like a jumping flash, uh, tank game. It was still fun. Uh, and then the other game I booted up. I remember this was a game that I talked to a lot of people that they should play, and nobody remembers this game. But it was uh, Future Cop LAPD. I've only ever heard of the the title. That game is so good. It's it's an EA published game, which is weird. But you mean when EA took chances? Well, it was uh, it wasn't even EA. It was called Electronic Arts. They they, uh, they, they straight up just called themselves Electronic oh, Arts. Oh, this is when did they have the um did they have the uh, circle, square, and triangle logo still? Yes, because it was uh, during the, the original Need for Speed days. Yeah. So, so one of my favorite Genesis games, and I won't tell you it was good, but is uh, Bob, B-O-B, Space Funky yes. Bob in other uh, areas. And I love the lo- the EA logo music. It's just this, like, it used to be my ringtone on my phone. <laughs> like, it was, it was, it's so perfect. I love the old EA logo back when they, you know, they actually cared about the creators of the games. Yeah. So I play a little bit of Future Cop LAPD. Um, this this looks like um, it's an isometric oh like um, like an isometric shooter. If you can imagine playing that with a D pad, <sighs> it was it's it, they do a good job of like locking onto things. Um, yeah, it still I'm, plays okay, but it was built at a time when we didn't have it, analog does sticks. The, does does the right and left rotate the machine? Uh, the L1 and R1 uh, do like a side strafe. Okay, so that's not bad. I mean, yeah. you're in a tank, so it, it like kind of well tank mech thing. It's, it's so like it's, a, it's like Ed 209 from RoboCop kind of thing. Yeah, I see the like a bipedal robot. Somebody made a Lego version. Yeah, pretty that accurate. game. That game is still pretty good. Um, it, have you seen the game Brigador? That name sounds familiar, it's, but I don't... it's it's kind of like this. Um, is it? It was a uh, PC game. I know that for sure. I don't know if it came to consoles. Um, yeah, I'm not seeing it uh, on consoles. Um, 
it's kind of got a similar ish look. It's, it's a bit more isometric. Like the, the, it's kind of got a more of, um, early PC look to it, even though everything's 3d modeled. Um, but same sort of like mech design and everything. Uh, and I'm assuming judging by the screenshots of this game, very similar gameplay might be up your alley, but I know you don't do PC gaming. So yeah. Um, I don't know. Well, I mean, I was playing on my PC. Yeah, I know, but that's not. <laughs> it's not the same. Let's, I, I, I know, actually, emulating, I actually emulating a Genesis still feels like a Sega Genesis, even though it's not. I went through the trouble of so I I set up my retro stuff on my new computer because it's more powerful, and I was running you know Dreamcast and PlayStation stuff, so um. I went through the 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 task of buying an HDMI switcher. So I've got a cable that runs from that PC to my TV. And I literally press a button and the feed goes from my computer monitor to my TV. Yeah. So I set all that up. Um and then I tried to I was looking at GameCube stuff and it's still kind of iffy within RetroArch. Yeah, well, that's the so, thing. So I, I was trying to use RetroArch, and I was like, I think I'd rather just deal with the emulators because I'm not like that's great if I'm running a a system that doesn't really have an interface. But on my PC, I, I was trying to get PS One to run, and I was just like, this seems PS1 a lot more runs complicated. Great through yeah, but I found Retro-Arch. it I found it really complicated in comparison to just using a PSXE. Huh. I didn't so, have any issues with it as long as I was running Beetle uh, with hardware acceleration. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, Beetle, Beetle will even let you like um, turn on and off the original boot screen. Something just felt off about it, and I was like, because I was trying to get it to play mm, Perfect Weapon, which I know isn't the best example, but I was like, yeah, this this something doesn't feel right, and it wasn't the game, which was bad. But... um. Uh, well, there's two versions of Beatles, so maybe next time check to see if you're running the hardware acceleration. I mean, if you've got a PC that can kind of oh, give it hardware acceleration. Yeah, I mean that's not the issue. I used to run it on a. Sh- I used to run PS One on a shitty laptop, so it's like and have no issues because I used to play the Metal Gear Solid VR missions on my laptop. Yeah, I, Beetle with hardware acceleration has been the best for me. Uh, without hardware acceleration, I did run into some issues, but I think it also depends on the game. I know some of the games don't exactly run well, um, but then again, I I toy around with it and like bump it up to 4K just to see if it can run it. Hmm. And a PS1 came running at 4K. <laughs> you can see every single triangle, man. I um. Did you play any other PS1 stuff? Or uh, I booted up Need for Speed Hot Pursuit. Um, did those games age well? Yes. Yes. Really? Because I'm going to be honest with you, never played any of the PS1 Need for Speed stuff. The best one... Actually, I think it's the best Need for Speed game ever made is is Hot Pursuit. Like, I started... And it's my favorite, so maybe that's... Maybe it's just because it was my first one. My favorite is still Underground 2. Yeah, I never never got into it. I I fell off of Need for Speed after um, kind of that, that early stuff. I, I mean, it was just not only the music, which... A lot of that stuff, a lot of those bands I ended up getting into. Um, Spider Bait was on there. 
and uh, Queens of the Stone Age were both ones that I like to have in my playlist. So I really got into those bands later on. Um, Spider Bay was not from that, but Queens of the Stone Age was. Um, in my head, is still one of my favorite songs from them. But uh, I just like the racing element of it, being able to drive behind somebody else, go, let's race. And that the race wasn't to a specific point. I don't think any of the other racing games out there has really ever captured that feeling as well where it's the, the the tension wasn't from racing to a point but was trying to outrace the other car and put enough distance between you and them to win and i think that was a really smart way to use the open world and then all the other ones ever seem to be like we're racing to this point and i'm like that's not fun yeah Especially when you're like, hey, drive behind the car to start a race. Well, that already puts me at a, like, you know what I mean? And I realize it's not much of a, but like, um, much of a head start on that car, but it's just like, it just, it it never felt like a good use of the open world. Like, you have all this freedom, and here's, here we are just having you race on a track. And at that point, just let me race on a track. And I get it, you can go different paths if you're racing to a point, but, Really, the path that they're showing you is going to be the best one, yeah, because they always give you like you know the the path markers, and that's the reason why I really liked Underground Two was the music's bla- blaring something I like, and then I'm I'm just I'm just about to hit the the distance needed, and then I have to make a turn, and it makes me slow down, and the other car starts catching up, like you know that's the moment. I, I, there's certain racing games I just Racing's just not as good anymore. That seems like no. A really they they got away but... from they got away from what made racing games great. Right. Like I, I played a ton of of Need for Speed games. Both uh, Need for Speed Two was my first 3D effects game. Oh wow! Yeah, I bought a Voodoo Voodoo 16 megabyte 3D effects card and played some Need for Speed Two, and it was it was glorious. And, and that's it. Speed like. It's... You know, that's a that's a generation of games that I just never engaged with was or especially at the time it was happening, but really going back is even a pain in the ass is when they had to use three D effects in the you know. Doom Doom or Quake Two running in three D effects yeah. was uh um that and Forsaken were my benchmarks. How many FPS could I get on my card using Forsaken's FPS tool? God, that shit was so stupid. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I played. I, I I dicked around with it, and then uh, I booted up the game that that spawned my namesake on the internet. Okay, for the sake of Genesis, You're, was a yeah. game. Yeah, it's not, was a it's game. not good. No, it's a bad video game. But I've you know what? I almost picked up a cartridge of it multiple times. I give. I see it, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> I give so much credit to, the, to that game being like. Because you got to remember, I played that game before I got a computer. Like when it, when computers were around at that time, obviously the games were Wolfenstein and Doom, and a computer was such like a luxury back then. I didn't have one until after two thousand. Yeah, like I Probably after two thousand one. I did not have a PC to play an FPS, and an FPS was like the big thing when I was that age. Did you not so, have a PC, or did you not have a PC to play games? I didn't have a PC. 
Okay, yeah. Same uh, same here. I grew up in a time where PCs were a luxury. I got it school only, and that was it. Yeah, you know, I got... A um, friend on the block has one. My first PC was a Packard Bell that my parents got me long after Doom was out. Like, I think Doom 2 was out at that yeah, point. I couldn't even tell you what the first... I want to say maybe an HP. Yeah, I mean, I had a... Uh, what did they call them? Um... The Radio Shack computer before that. Tandy? Uh, a Tandy. And I had, the only game I had on it was Tetris. Um, and the was rest it of monochrome it. monochrome like, or color? It, it, it was, it was color. It was like 64K. Um, obviously no mouse, just a keyboard. And the cartridges look like Atari cartridges. Yeah, because I, I just know that the Tandys, and this I only picked this up from Lazy Game Reviews or LGR. Um, I mean, that's a channel everybody should watch, I think, if they have any interest in like old PC games. Um, but uh, I know that like some of the Tandy, st- Tandy stuff was a lot of clone systems and stuff, so like I... Yeah, it wasn't like an OS. It, it was just like a, a command prompt, and then if you put yeah. the cartridge in, it would, it would just boot. That. Yeah, we just boot the game. And I remember I had Tetris, and I had, like, it didn't just say Tetris on the cartridge. It also had the Russian name on it, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, but back then, that was the game that I had on. Like, that was my first computer. And then, like, my first Windows computer was the Packard Bell. And then the first thing I bought was Doom, obviously. Of course. On a, on a three-and-a-half-inch floppy disk. <laughs> oh, God. Now you could just fucking play Doom on your watch. Just whatever. It's crazy. Yeah. Oh, I did also boot up that um they, they patched the, the, the re releases of Doom One and Two for the consoles. Uh did you try Sigil? I did. Um, is it super fucking hard like I assume it is? Yes, it's very fucking hard. I can I just say like I thought that was gonna be more than what it ended up being? Yeah, I mean it's just a mod. It's just, it's yeah, just a it, well, it's just, but it's not—it's not even like new enemies. It's just kind of like it's the map. same enemies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was like it's I don't literally know, the, just a Doom mod. Yeah, it just—I—I I thought it was going to be more when it was announced and everything. But I mean, not, not that I'm complaining. It's neat that the original, like one of the original creators, came and made new stuff. It's just it was kind of. I mean, odd. they literally the update for this is like literally gives you the ability to download add-ons. Yeah, that's ingenious. I mean, that's. It, I, I'll give them credit. They fixed it. They fixed that game. Yeah, I mean, it's There's for $5. Dollars. Oh, for shit. $5, those things are good. Are they better than the Xbox 360 versions now? I think now they are because they fixed the music, they fixed the aspect ratio, and they fixed the frame rate. Oh, um, you've got the add ons, so you can just, you know, you can play Sigil, you can play Final Doom. Uh, there's another add on pack on there that I haven't toyed around with yet. Um, they added quick save, so you just pause the game and tap the RB, quick save. Um, they also added, they added something else, and I can't remember what it was. Like original sound effects, or I I don't know what it was. I haven't had time to dig through it all. I I downloaded them and booted up, played a little bit of Sigil. I was like, wow, this is a hell of a patch for a $5 game. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I think they had to do something to be kind of big, because, um, that that launch was the launch was a little rough. It, it was. I still played through the entirety of Doom when they released them because every time that game gets released, I play through it again. And Doom is just a 
fucking masterpiece. I'm sorry. I, 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 I think the even though the soundtrack's kind of got a bunch of stolen stuff in it. Well, it the soundtrack is Metallica out. and Nine Inch Nails songs. Well, no, Nine Inch Nails isn't involved in that one. Um, I, I mean, thought there was a couple with, tracks. No, uh, not not off the top of my head. I know Alice in Chains. I know, but Metallica is the first fucking level. Yes, Doom. Oh, now I'm wondering. I'm wondering if there is. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, I thought there was a Nine Inch Nails song in the first one. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, yeah, because at Doom's Gate is Metallica Master Puppets. Yep. And they have a list of similar stuff. That's really actually... Yeah, there, there's smart. literally Slayer, the... Uh, Pantera. Alice in Chains. Alice in Chains. Yeah, that's Them Bones. That's how I actually got... That's how I actually got into Alice in Chains. Was I heard that and I was like, oh shit, this is based off of a real song. And so I I got into the doom 2's music because i never really played doom 2 i um and i only knew the doom 1 soundtrack from playing at a friend's house because i my time with doom was on saturn Oof. Um, oh wow that's like the second worst version yep um but i mean this saturn has the same soundtrack as i want to say doom 64 which is a different game so i don't count it but I did play Doom 64. And I think it's got the same soundtrack as the PS1 version. I think they're the Yeah, identical. the PS1 version's got really... Like, that ambient, creepy ambient. Yeah, the dark music was yeah. really good. A different, different feel for the game, but still worked somehow. Um, but yeah, I never really was familiar with Doom 2's music because obviously Doom 2 isn't on consoles at that time. Um, yeah. And so I actually got into Doom 2's music from... Uh, overclocked remix or OC remix as they go by now. Um, there was a version of it called Barrels of Fun from Maze Dude, um, which is uh, Bye Bye American Pie, which is based off of Them Bones. And I loved it. It's like an industrial take on it. And I found out the original was based off of Alice in Chains, got an Alice in Chains big time. And I think I have everything from them now. Yeah. I'm missing their MTV Unplugged. That's it. It's crazy. It's yeah. it was a, it was a crazy time in my life. Too. I'm not seeing any Nine Inch Nails. I'm seeing um, maybe Slayer, he did Jesus some. Priest. He did the music in Quake. Yeah, uh, he did the music in Quake, but I also think he did a mod for Doom. Probably. I mean, like they were they they were doing some stuff together at the time, and then he didn't do the music in Quake too. But I think it was one of the guys that worked on the Fragile, which is Nine Inch Nails' third album. Uh, Dude, Quake is Quake is the weirdest Quake. series because like it's a different game. Like the first Quake is a very much single player kind of story. Quake two was the multiplayer, but they tried Quake, that. Yeah, and then Quake, Quake three, three is, is just multiplayer, and Quake four happened. tried to go back to Quake two, and it's a weird series. And I mean, it's the same with Unreal, Unreal, Unreal two, Unreal Tournament. Dude, Unreal and Unreal 2 were single-player games. Yeah, and then they're like, yeah, fuck that noise, right? Yeah, yeah like, right. I remember, I still remember playing Unreal, and, like, it was it was another game that, like, would test your PC, how good it was. And, like, some of that stuff, like, still the sequence where you go downstairs and the two monsters are in the hallway is still one of the most terrifying things ever. That was a good game. You want to remaster games, you should remaster the original Unreal, give me, like, a 
straight up single I just player. Don't. I mean, it's it's such a weird thing when you like how many games are just kind of lost to time because of that. Like, I know I'm not the only person on the internet that cries about it, but like, I love the first No One Lives Forever. I I have it on PS2, which is not that game's game. just in a licensing nightmare. That's in a licensing nightmare. Um, yeah, but I like, love Shogo. Shogo was Shogo. a great game. I'm not familiar with that. Shogo was built all. by, um, uh, I forget the name of the team, but they, um, and also uh, uh, Sin. Sin. Was that even finished? Uh, the first game was a full game. Then they tried to reboot it. Uh, and then that was the chapters or whatever. Yeah, they, they never they finished. Like one. Yeah. But the original Sin was a whole game, and it was really good. That game was good. It just, like... There's a bunch of first-person stuff. Even even though some of them made it to, ended up making it to Xbox, um, the original Xbox, um, it's just like there's all these little games that I just don't understand why they don't even make them work for modern PCs just to make a buck off of them. You're sitting on a license and you're doing nothing with it. Like The only reason why Deus Ex, we got another one, was because they still sold well digitally. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these games, though, are just in licensing nightmares. Yeah, I mean, you have a studio closed down, and then, you know... You can't get the the rights, or the rights are sold off to some conglomerate that doesn't care. I don't know how... I don't know how... um, Oh, God, they're doing another Earthworm Jim game for the television Amico, because unless... um, Guy whose name I don't remember because uh, David Perry, Doug, no Doug Tenapple, the create the the creator of Earthrun Jim. Unless he bought the rights, I'm not sure because Interplay's gone. All their license re- licenses were sold off, and I yeah. assumed somebody just bought because somebody has a bunch of licenses because um, there's some sort of mini console that plays retro games. They're selling cartridges too, and there's an interplay cartridge of like Boogerman and a bunch of other shit that they did. Did you just call it Boogerman? Boogerman. It's Booger. Okay. I never like. (laughs) I'm 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 assuming this is a this. Okay, I'll give you the other one, the um, (laughs) melee, but like this one, I I, you're just there's just it it just sounds funny. And I'm. We're not having a fight about that. What is it? What I'm trying to think. No, no. I'm trying to think of. Um, God, what? Where am I pulling this from? But like, it was a funny way to say. It. I don't know if it was a cartoon, a movie, TV show, or something. But it was like somebody was like, "Ooh, you've got a booger," and it always just made me laugh the way that they said it. And to hear you call him booger man, it, it's, well, it's B O O G E R. Yeah, booger. Booger. Okay. You got a booger. Boogie? Booger? How do you say boogie? Do you say boogie? I'd assume so. Now you're now you're asking me with with uh, you should have just asked me to say boogie. Yeah, oh. so you know it's a no it's too uh, it's a long low. Sound. So you say so you say boogie? Do you get down boogie. in boogie? Yep. <laughs> it's not boogie. <laughs> it's boogie. It's, it's not totally it's boogie. not This might be a Canadian It's American gotta be thing. a Canadian thing because I you, mean like I I I've I'm sure I've said it on this podcast before. If you go to East Coast Canada, people pronounce like South with an L. South? Right? Yeah, Sulf. Sulf? 
itself. That sounds British. Like, you could, are you from? Uh, but I wonder. But but I mean, like, if you're on the East Coast, there is a, um, like an Irish, more Irish background. Is that what it is? Or Scottish? Scottish. I don't remember. I'm not from the East Coast, but there is there is slight uh, dialect change too there. So it's like, you know, that's what happens when there's. How do you say English booby? They booby. Booby. Long O. <laughs> you know, there's O's there. You better pronounce them. <laughs> for a country, for for a country that's so intent on removing vowels that don't have sounds. Hey, you got a booger. Col- color. Yeah, remove that U. All right. Well, yeah, it's not color. It's color. Right. But then you don't want to pronounce the letters that are there. Color. Then spell boogie different. It's boogie. I don't know what you're talking about. I get down and I and I boogie. I boogie with the booger. I don't boogie with the booger. You disgust me. (laughs) Moving on. That shit's funny. I don't, know, I don't care who you are. That's funny. Okay. As long um, as Drew's not here and we can't make fun of his accent, I get it. That's true. That's true. There's <laughs> nothing better than a southern draw. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's it's. There's a weird comfort in it. Uh, you want to talk about what's coming out this week? Uh, I'm assuming nothing. No, there's a few things. We got some games. Uh, we've got the Atler Dusk Trilogy, which includes Atler Aisha, Atler Eska, and Logi, and Atler Shally. Now, I wish Jay was here because he's the only one that could answer it. Are these old games? Like, I'm not. Yes, they are. Yes, Never mind. He's, reviewed, guess, he's reviewed all of these games, I think. Okay, so they're just bringing out a modern. Yeah, well, they're, yeah. Yeah, they're putting them in a pack. Uh, yeah, at least the Dar- they're packaging them and not asking for 70 bucks a piece. The Darwin Project. Uh, I guess that's a physical release or something. Okay. I forgot I that game even existed. I forgot that game even existed. No, I don't think no, it was. No, it wasn't, but you got it for free if you were you were you tested the beta or something. I don't know. Nobody's Anyways. playing it, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh Eclipse Edge of Light. Flat Heroes. Hardcore Mecha. Yeah. Red Bow. Sea Carts! Super Mega Space Blaster Special Turbo. Track Mayhem. Without Escape. These bunch of indie shit. Uh, Gravity just, Air. All I can hear is, and I'm not a huge fan of them, but like the, the um, oh god, Red Letter Media, fuck you, it's January. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my, <laughs> my Tetsu Pure Station. Uh, the Surge 2 Kraken, which is the first DLC for that. Okay, Physical copies of Mighty Switch Force Collection and Mystic Bell and Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Kakarot. I'm actually kind of interested in that after saying, who cares? What a weird coincidence. <laughs> I saw. I started watching I was like, oh, this is... They're kind of just doing a 3D version of uh, Legacy of Goku, which is... I'm going to be honest, the first game's kind of crap. The second one's really good. It's a really good Zelda clone. And so, like, to see them doing a 3D version of that saga, the uh, Cell saga. Switch is getting back into it with a lot of games this week. I don't know how I feel um, about that. This, I mean, it's a lot of indie stuff, but there is one big game. Oh, good stuff. 
um, which is Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sharp FE Encore is out on Friday. So another Dang. another Wii U. There's um there's a game coming out on PC uh, that I I don't know if it'll be on your list, but um, I stopped be... looking at the PC a lot because right. it's so much garbage. It's there's impossible. A game, there's a game coming out called I want to say it's Lena's uh, Inception. I, I want to say it's that the list now. It's L E N N A. So I was I was supposed it's not Lena because I wouldn't expect the two ends, but um. It's kind of a Zelda. Uh, Lena's Inception. So you're gonna say it's Lena? Sure. I- I'm not sure how to pronounce it because I'm just looking at it and the two ends throw me off. It's Action a Zelda RPG. clone. Yeah, it's a Zelda clone. It's a Zelda clone that has like some glitch ma- stuff going on. Unless you change the art style to be more like a link to the past or like the old school NES Zelda. There are so many Zelda games coming. Um, whatever happened to the sequel to... Oh, what was that game? Uh, I loved it. I played it. It was kind of like Wind Waker. It was a mobile game. That came out. That came sequel? out only... Yes, you're talking about Oceanhorn. And yes, Oceanhorn. Oceanhorn 2 came out on mobile first, like the first one did. But there's been no talk about uh, it coming to consoles. Which is kind they of disappointing said it because they I announced it. Yeah, but uh, the last time I looked, it said uh, frequently asked questions. When is this coming to console? We don't know yet, and it's like, what? Thanks. And it came. It came out. Uh, I want to say it's part of Apple Arcade. I didn't. I thought I would have heard somebody talk about it on Apple Arcade, but I don't know. Yeah, uh, where's the game available on Apple Arcade on September nineteenth, twenty nineteen? This is what happens, though. You like, no offense, but like. Mobile people don't want full RPGs, and I know this game did really well, and you can play it on Apple TV and stuff. But like, it was like a, not, it, like I I can't sit down on my phone for long periods of time. I realize it's not on, but it's not on Android either. So like, I, you can only get this on Apple products right now, which you know, not necessarily the place where video game players are. People on PlayStation and Xbox went nuts for it because it was the closest thing to Zelda they had had. And and this new one looks even better. It's a full 3D Zelda game, and they're like, okay. Which I mean, go where the money is. Definitely, um, definitely do that. But like, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ocean Horn Two received generally favorable uh, reviews. It has been described shortly after launches. Apple Arcade's killer exclusives. Great. Cool. I have an Android. <laughs> I have a Apple iPhone, but I'm not going to play it. Right. Oh, yeah. Like it's just it. And and at one point on their website, which is not there anymore, um, it, it they they had a frequently asked questions, and it was like, don't ask about console. Well, then don't expect my money. Um, Let's talk about news. Yeah, there's not a lot, but there's a couple things. Um, <laughs> is it just me? Or is WB Montreal Games just giving you the finger at this point? Yeah, I mean, like, how did... Hmm. Wow. Like, they, they did it again. Like, they teased in September, right before um, a couple of shows, including XO19 and, you know, and nothing. Can I... I don't know how to put this without sounding really shitty, and that's not my intention, but, like, I really like the Arkham games. I yeah, do. I do, too. They are not worth this amount of hype. No, they're not. Especially not one from the guys who made Origins. Origins was good. 
but not fantastic. Yeah. And I realized that with Arkham Knight after it was a very different game and there people didn't like it and it's not as bad as everybody said it was, but I mean there was issues. I get it. But like there's a fine kind of know what to expect. Like I don't know what like you're hyping up something that we just want and every time you do it you don't follow up with that hype and somebody was like, yeah, they keep following this up with symbols. We'll finally get this game in ten years. I don't remember who well, tweeted that. It's not it's even like... that, but you're 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 walking a fine line of teasing and just being annoying. Well, I don't know how many times we've had to hear about like Rocksteady. Rocksteady has a word, but that, yeah. that's not that. Yeah, you're right. It's it's an insider insiders with Eric. I keep hearing what they're that. doing, but Rocksteady's been completely silent. Which right. good on them. They're not ready to talk about it. About yet. it, yeah. Um, it just it's like, what what are you doing? I I I, I don't get it at all. No, I want to play I, your game. I want to. I'll play but your game when it comes out, but your teases are going to do nothing for me going to through. something that you're not going to be able to pay off on. Because guess what? You can't stray too far from the formula. Because if you do, people are going to be upset. Yeah. And I'm not saying you can't do new things, but like people have an expectation of Batman now. And if you fail to live up to it, and this is how you're going to introduce the game, if you think people aren't going to spit that back in your face... You're wrong. This is the internet. The internet yeah. is definitely going to send you screenshots of these two. <laughs> yeah, like, it's just it's, it just don't say anything. Like it's let me or, or like you know say like if you want to say that you're working on something, you do a small teaser and then you shut the fuck up until you're ready to show it. I I don't I don't understand, especially now that they've kind of revealed what they're doing. Yeah, they got the like, whole logo out there. Yeah, like. Uh, what like just show me the whole game why don't you like you know because at this point you're just saying like we have something but you're not yeah and you this is coming from the b team that makes batman yeah (laughs) you never want to be called the b team to anything no uh there was a pokemon direct this week oh my god how dare they do dlc content for the game that i complained wasn't Done yet? Well, they announced an expansion, expansion pass that it will contain three separate packs uh, with new areas and new Pokemon and a bunch of stuff. They're available now. I I realize I realize I'm I'm an insufferable asshole, but like anybody that thinks I'm an insufferable asshole needs to go and just look at someone complaining about this shit. I get it. I, I totally. I totally understood why people were upset in the first place about the whole Pokedex not being there. I think some people took it too far. Um, sure, sure. The game. For kids. Like, this is... it. I get it. Under, I understand being upset. You like the thing. They're kind of... You feel like they're half-assing it. And you can... You can I, I'm not even saying don't say anything. I'm just... Don't threaten people. Um, don't harass people. Just speak into the void. You'll find people that agree with you or disagree with you. But just realize like don't attack people no one no singular person made this decision um or at least nobody that you can you have access to so they finally are like hey we're gonna bring back some poke some favorites we're adding new areas so it's not just like you're paying access to you know old pokemon they're doing that 
and they're going to bring in some new versions of old Pokemon as well. Like, it feels like they're, they're giving you a good chunk of content. And it's 30 bucks when they could have just said 30 bucks a piece and charged you. Because that's how they used to do old Pokemon games. Like, I have Pokemon Diamond and I have Pearl. Or not Pearl. Um, Platinum. Most of that game's the same. Like, you know, and True. that was 50 bucks a piece. Because they're DS games. But, like, that was 100 bucks between the two. And, like, most of that game is overlap. And I get it. Some people, you can trade in the old version towards the new version or whatever. But you don't. You don't. Because you don't give up those Pokemon. So nice try. I know better. Like, I know how these are played. You want to keep the team, and then you want to explore the new thing. So you transfer it all from the old version to the new version, the other stuff is, and then you have to trade between the two copies to get all the Pokemon. I know how it works. This is the easiest way to do it. And if you don't buy the expansion pass, you still have access to the Pokemon through trades. I, I'm sorry, this seems like a good idea, and everybody that's complaining about it, I... Maybe stop playing Pokemon because clearly it's not something you enjoy. Ah, like, it's the internet. I just like if people can't get online so, and complain, then they it's don't. It's so have weird though. Like it's one of the best-selling games. I said to someone that was complaining, I said, "You know, people complain, but they still bought it." So at the end of the day, shut the fuck up. Like, look, I we were talking uh, about CDs earlier. Um, I didn't like a band. There's a band uh, out of Australia called Pond. Love that band. Their new album sucked, in my opinion, so I didn't buy it. You know, if there's a video game, I guess I just can't think of one off the top of my head, but if there's a video game where I go, yeah, I don't, that doesn't look very good to me, I don't buy it, because I don't want them to have my money. You know, like, it's pretty easy. Even if I'm engaged in the series, like, I don't, in, try, I don't purposely engage with stuff that's crap, unless you listen to last year's phoenix down in which case we only engaged with crap <laughs> that was but, your fault yeah well mistakes were made um drew drew suggested it and i went i'm down which just shows you how easy i can join a cult tomorrow um bad idea <laughs> sounds great yeah, not a good idea <laughs> um this cool it tastes funny um the uh it, it just it, it, it just i don't get it like I understand being upset about stuff. I'm upset about stuff all the time. It's just, this is such a weird scenario where it's like, I would have assumed that there's my first problem that like, yeah. if you didn't like it by now you would learn to not engage with, because let's be honest, the people that are complaining about Pokemon are not children. And no, like, kids so just don't, don't care. They're like, I got the Pokemon. Pokemons. Yeah. Uh, so I just don't, maybe you can explain it to me. I, I just don't understand. Like, it's the same answer as everything. The internet's dumb. The internet is just people wanting to yell into the void of they they want you to agree with their justification that they don't like something. That's just, all it is. It just it really like I don't I Why do you think top 10 worst games of all time is a, is a, is a thing that still happens. I just don't um well, I, I cuz you a friend goes, "Hey, I'm doing a podcast." <laughs> Well, that's what I'm saying. Is like, it, <laughs> it might be you, fun. Do you want me to? Do you want me to tell you how I could get fifty thousand hits and and break my website tomorrow? Put up a top ten worst games. Me. Put up a top ten worst games of the decade and put Witcher three at number one. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it's not hard. No, I just 
in this particular case, I don't think anyone's doing it. Well, I know some people are doing it for views, but I don't think most of the people that I see complaining, because I'll just block you if you're just a attention whore, it becomes pretty clear. Um, I just don't think anybody's like, just think it out. Like, don't buy the thing then. Like, I don't, I don't get it. Like there's, there's, there's times to complain about stuff. And I totally understand like as a, someone that did like star Wars a lot at one point in time and seeing how it's been handled since the acquisition, although I really should go back and go since George Lucas decided to do a prequel trilogy. Um, I, I at least understand why people complain about star Wars. Like you have engaged with it for such a long period of time. And then like, you had hope, which I guess there was our first problem uh, as a society. Just don't have hope on anything. I, I, I'm going to be real just, honest with you. It just I don't get it. Like with this particular case, like they are literally giving you an out for not having to pay. And you can still engage with the fact that there's still going to be a bunch of Pokemon. And then they have finally done the thing where they are not basically scalping you for what's basically the same game. And, like, people are upset still. Like, maybe Pokemon's not for you. Because you clearly can't handle it. I say as I bitch about being on this podcast. Yeah. Moving on. I realize, <gasps> I realize my... I realize. You Moving on to another story about the where the internet totally did not oh, freak no. out. Uh, Final Fantasy VII demo, remake demo, was kind of... It, it popped its head out. Um... They have now confirmed that the demo will release the same day as the game, so y'all can stop waiting. Well, the 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 demo, I think, it's the leaked. whole game. It's the yeah, whole and game. then it was the whole game, so I'm assuming it's timed. Well, it's it's not the whole game. It's it's one sixteenth oh. of the oh. part one. Oh, okay, whatever. Well, you know, I was going to bring that up, but you know what I mean. I mean, it's just another thing for people to tweet about. It's fine. I'm just my thing is is that I'm just shocked that they're not. I just don't. This is. Hmm. I don't care. Okay, I know. Point. I know. I'm not, I'm not going to say anything fine. about. But my my whole thing is is like, this feels like how Disney approached Star Wars. That's never <laughs> enter with a plan. Have 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 a set have a set line of like these are the things we're going to do. And right now they're just like, so this is game one of question mark. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, hey, I mean, I'll still play it. I, I'm not like I don't hate the idea. Just really odd that they just don't have a full through plan. Well, here is the first time we're going to talk about in 2020 something we're probably going to spend most of 2020 talking about, and that is new consoles. Uh, oh, CES no. happened. Um, PlayStation had a little PS5 thing where they revealed the logo. <laughs> that's right. And the internet went crazy. Oh my god, it's a, it's a five. If they oh, listen, I would have understood. I would have understood because somebody um, I follow um, posted like a a P, the PS2 logo, right? But it obviously just flipped the two. If they had done something like that, I totally would have understood why people were excited because it's kind of like this. But it's just the down with a line on it. It's just, yeah. but, yes, but, but, but still, we're having a conversation about a logo. But it would have been, but it would have been at least a, a throwback to a logo they abandoned over 
a decade ago. You know what well, I mean? Well, they're not going to they're not going to do any throwbacks because I hate to tell people this. It's not going to be backwards compatible. Yeah, I know. With this is the old console. But this is this is literally just the PS4 logo with the five. Yeah, it's just a five. Um, I mean, but, listen. At least I know what I'm buying because like the Xbox explanation of yeah, you're just calling this the Xbox, but this is the Xbox Series X. So wasn't the good either. <laughs> This is kind of this is kind of the 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 other half of the story that we're going to talk about here. So Xbox came out this week and basically said there will not be any X Series X only games for the first 2 years of the console, which means that all the games coming will also come to Xbox 1. Smart. Um which Sony replied with we will have exclusive PS5 only games at launch. And this sparked a whole debate of who is doing this properly. And truthfully, and I kind of see pros and cons of both. I do. Yeah. Um Xbox Series X, that's a consumer friendly choice. Mm-hmm. They don't want you to feel the need to have to buy the console up front, which let's be fair, only guys like us are going to buy these consoles up front anyway. Yeah. I, you're you're implying that I'm buying it up front. But what I'm saying is people like us are the people who would <laughs> right. buy them up front. Most yeah. consumers who care about, you know, video games that... And we're not the majority. I, I want people no. to understand that, that we are not the majority of people who buy... The majority of people buy consoles when they go $200 cheaper than when they started. Mm-hmm. Um, so Microsoft's makes sense for them. PlayStations makes sense for people like us who are like, ooh, I need the new big fancy thing that's only available here. I I my only issue with this, and this is this is because um and I realize Xbox didn't start with backwards compatibility. No. But like PlayStation has done basically nothing on that front. And like to me They've taken it away in some aspects. Right. So to me, it's just like, are we just, how many times am I going to end up having to, you know, just abandon the old con? Like, it's just, just give me a box that sits, like, on my shelf that I can play most of my stuff in. I'm I'm one of those people that keeps all their stuff connected. You know, I I understand the the reason to do that. But on, like, and again, a consumer basis, I I don't think people remember, but there's old videos like shit. I dealt with it. I, I dealt with it when I sold consoles, which wasn't that long ago. It was a decade ago. Um, does it play my old thing? Is yeah, it, that was is the, it, that is was the number one consumer. People got upset at Nintendo for not playing Super Nintendo for not playing old NES games. That oh, was absolutely a controversy at the time. Because they were afraid, because they were afraid that it was going to be the same issue. Even though the Atari seventy two hundred played twenty eight hundred stuff, people assumed it was going to be the end of video games. And Sega Genesis had an answer for it. You put the stupid big ass base converter on, you can play uh, Sega Master System stuff, which was funny because that didn't even have a foothold um, in North America in the same way. Bigger in Canada, but still not big. Um, it's just. There's like, there's no reason we're at the point where, and I get it, PS3 hardware, blah 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 blah. Um, you know the uh, what is it called, cell processor? 
I understand that there's difficulties involved. I am not saying it's an easy thing to do. It's an extremely hard thing to do. Right. But when you, if you don't think that it says something to the regular consumer, because again, we're not, if you've worked in a retail store, especially one that deals with electronics and you sell consoles, the number one thing is, does it play my old thing? Because people want to just get rid of their old thing and replace it with the new thing. Yeah, imagine if there's you bought, times where like, imagine if you bought like look at it from a standard consumer perspective. What if you bought a brand new 4K Blu-ray player and it didn't play your old Blu-rays? Right. Like I mean, think about I think about how crazy that things. is. Now I have to keep two things to 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 do, but like that's you know, um, there's there's a there's a higher format than I spoken about um my cd collection before there's a higher format of cd called the sacd um yeah, early ps3 those. yeah early ps3s have that player in which is surprising because like if you buy a player by itself it's probably as expensive do you remember the but, original ps3 had like 400 freaking yeah i have like, a, i have one but the disc drive doesn't work yeah uh, like all the, the like slots on the front of the yep. different types yeah, of cards SD and, card and stuff yeah um, but like an SACD player is not a standard consumer item. They like the only reason why they could why they can do something like that is because it's for audio files, and that's it. Like SACDs are not for anybody else. And if that was how Sony was selling their console, I totally understand that being like, no, this is strictly for the the people that want the best image and all that stuff. But what they're saying, what from the sounds of it right now is like they could possibly be like, yeah, PS4 stuff just doesn't work. And I, I doubt it. I, I'd hope so. But these are just computers at this point. Like, there's no reason why stuff shouldn't work. You know, like, I get why you don't have the PS3. But the fact that my PS3 can still read a PS2 disc and say, hey, this is a PS2 disc. We can't play this. Why not? Like, it's like especially when the later models of the original PS three model which is the big bulky one they weren't using hardware to play ps2 games it was using software the emulation on the first model was hardware based and this the second run of base models were emulation based and then they switched to the slim model um which had no emulation but it can detect that it's a ps2 disc so like to me it should have been able to play it still if i like i'm willing to pay at some point to play my old games without having to have a bunch of consoles hooked up. But for right now, I want to play PS2 stuff. Uh, I want to, I need uh, my PS2 connected. My PS1 has to be connected to play PS1 stuff because my PS2 can't play PS1 stuff via the cables I have to my television. I think that might be the issue. It might also be the fact that my PS2 is soft modded, but my PS3 only plays PS3 stuff and PS1 discs, but not all PS1 discs. And then PS4 has to be hooked up. And I realize, that yes, I have to have my Xbox, my Xbox 360 hooked up and my Xbox One hooked up to play all my stuff. But like, there is enough carryover where I didn't, I wouldn't have to unless I really wanted to play one game. And yeah. it's just, I don't know why that wouldn't be the marketing at the time where you make the most amount of money up front, like you don't start making like big bucks until the very end of a console life cycle. I understand that, but like, 
maybe have your people get into your ecosystem early on is important because that's how you kind of win. Well, that's kind of what Microsoft is doing. And that's why that's the pros that I see on their end is like when you launch the Series X, there's going to be thousands of games you can play on it. And I can tell, so on a, um, like back and you did the same thing. Is that not a selling point to just the random person coming in? Well, oh, you could absolutely. buy an Xbox One, or you could buy like the new console that plays all the other stuff and future-proof yourself. Yeah, you'll be able to play stuff that will not be available on the Xbox One in a couple of years, yes. whereas we don't know yet. We, I'm pretty sure they've confirmed PS4 works on PS5. Yeah, I think so, PS4, too. But I... PS1, 2, and 3 is not going to unless you have a PS Now subscription, and even then you only get Streaming. the PS... Well, you only get the PS2 games that they've redone. Yeah. You don't get old PS2 games. You don't get old PS. You don't get any PS1 games. Yeah, and you only get a selection of PS3 games. It just it doesn't make sense to me. And I, listen, I, I like more exclusives from Sony. Um, Absolutely, they have the better. I mean, currently, right now, just, if you told me if you told me to pick a company for just first party games, it would be Sony, hands down. I mean, God of War, Spider Man, Horizon. I mean, you can't beat those. That's yeah. not the question here. The question is. And and it's it, and I think this is and this is the problem Microsoft gets themselves into every time. The narrative is becoming well, everything is going to be just Xbox One games. Well, no, it's not because all the third party stuff is next gen games. And and uh, that saying that, like, if, if people that say that to me like are idiots because like uh, we have hit the point, especially with PS4 and Xbox One, these are just boxed PCs. Yeah, like the ecosystem is really we aren't working off of like super intense uh, console specific hardware anymore. That's the reason why you can see indie ports, right? Like it's not so much the the big studios that port stuff over um, that you should be looking at. It's it's how easy is it for an independent creator to put something on your console when the only thing that they have published for is PC. And the fact is, we see a lot of PC games come to consoles, sometimes day and date, sometimes before, right? Um, These indie developers are building games for consoles because they're easy to make stuff for because they are just PCs. So if you've ever played a game on PC, they run on lower end hardware. And then there's always the recommended specs. The minimum hardware requirements are going to give you a smaller performance. We should be at that with consoles. Like, yes, the new Xbox stuff should run on my old Xbox One and run on the new hardware using those higher specs. And we've already proven that is a possibility with the current two consoles, the Pro and the Xbox One X. Like To me, like Sony saying, like, we're going to have exclusives and you have to buy our new console. Why? I need a good explanation as to why that is. Other than we want you to buy the new thing, why on why do I have to engage with that when like is there a justification? Are you using cell processors again? Like is that like is it hardware based or is it just because you just didn't want to put in the little extra extra legwork and I have to now shell out, right? Yep. Like it just it to me to me like viewing that as anything but negative against Sony seems wrong. And I'm not trying to defend my, because again, 
I've only like before I started writing for the site and doing this podcast, my Xbox One didn't get a lot of playtime. And I only get codes on there because that's what you've asked for. So people generally send us Xbox codes. Otherwise, I still prefer playing on my PS4. I, I prefer the larger buttons, the flat larger buttons on the PS4. Um, the analog sticks are whatever. But I, I prefer that controller. It's a little bit lighter and everything. Um, but I don't mind playing on the Xbox because I can I have access to like a ton of shit. It, like, just... It's all super friendly. And the fact that like I can play certain games on my PC as well is nice to know. It's just something that Sony has dropped and see- no one seemed to care about because they had those cross-play stuff with their Vita and they dropped Vita. And I get it. The Vita wasn't everybody's favorite thing, but like they did have that functionality and then they dropped And I get it. You can play, you can stream to your PC, but it's just not the same. It just, it's weird how people will overlook and I, I mentioned this now because we'll talk about it later because um, someone sent in a tweet about it but um, it's just odd to me how we'll overlook decisions that don't help video game players that, that just seems odd to me regardless of what level they're at if they're the ones that buy the consoles outright at the beginning or those consumers that wait for a deal I just don't get it. Like, why do we defend these people from I, I don't, fucking us? I, I I will say the same thing I say every time. I don't know why you spend any time defending anything anyway. Buy what you want, play what you want. Shit's too similar to worry about it. Yeah. Not to mention there's what? Like 50 games released a week? That too. I mean, if you spend less time complaining about them on the internet, you could just be playing. It just, it's, it's just... And I'm not trying to defend Microsoft, but it's just like... Personally, to me, when they go, hey, if you give us... You know, fifteen bucks a month. We give you access to a bunch of games, and hey, like if you want, you can just go and buy a used copy of like an old three sixty game and play it on this console because that's a thing we have. Yeah, the, the, oh, basically, okay. Microsoft is like we're trying to give you as many options as possible. And and like, it's it's weird to say good job to a corporation because it's like the last thing I want to do. No, I don't. I don't. It's Microsoft don't give two shits about me. They just want my money. I know. Right, but but when you do a good thing, as far as I'm concerned, like me me handing you my money becomes like there's no reason why why wouldn't. uh, I don't know if I mentioned on the podcast, but last year I let my PlayStation Plus lapse. I I just don't care. I I did too. I I let it. I let it lapse one time. One time last year, and then. uh... I just don't care about the free... I haven't resubscribed. I don't care about your free games. They're never great enough. And and if you if they really are, I'll buy them on... Um, I don't play online. Uh, none of the features that they offer is all that great. Like, cloud saving... I don't give enough of a fuck. I'll just stop I don't play enough PlayStation leave. games for cloud but that's, I mean, I appreciate like, it. I appreciate that I have it. But... I just I, like, if I'm having a catastrophic failure, I have a worse thing like where my saves are wiped. I'm sure I have a bigger issue at hand, you know. So like, great, but like, I don't. I, there was no benefit to me keeping it. But with Microsoft, they're like, hey, yeah, just pay this price, and we'll give you Xbox Live Gold and Game Pass plus the PC Game Pass. So. You know. Yeah, that's like fifteen bucks a month for that is is ridiculous. It, it's hard. It's hard to it's hard to say no 
because I want to engage with Game Pass, and they're like, yeah, for a couple dollars more. Well, okay, sure. It's I know it's the same old thing of like, do you want to get a do you want to make their meal a large, and there's not as much food added to the meal as you think there is for the dollar more or whatever. But it's like that's still that little bit. The fact that you offer it is. I appreciate that and I'm willing to pay into something, especially when they gave me access to a bunch of 360 games that I've never played. Like I've played a little bit of dead space one um, on the PC and I just wasn't the place for me to play it with the keyboard and mouse. So I went and bought and I haven't played them yet, but I have dead space one, two and three on 360 that I can put into my Xbox one. And I think I paid $5 for them all three in total because I bought you know. used copies. <clears throat> I think the biggest thing for Game Pass with me is how many like new releases they put in there. That too. I mean, I, I played uh, the Outer Worlds for nothing. the Outer Worlds. I got to play the Goose Game. Um, I paid for. That. I downloaded Frostpunk. Well, it's just stuff I wouldn't normally play. It costs me what, like, two minutes to download it, and if it sucks, I just delete it. And and I mean, like, and I think it's really smart of them. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this either on the podcast, but the these. The smart thing of them giving the um, the little missions each week. Yeah, I don't, I don't engage with them, but the fact that people, the, the fact that they're doing that helps indie devs to some extent. Like, I don't know what the 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 payout is on the indie dev side, but having people talk about a game is a good thing. See Rocket League, right? Yeah, like they gave that game away for free, and the the people started talking about it, and then it blew up. And people still play it. Like, I, I realize it's not as big anymore, but it's still big enough. <clears throat> people talk about it. Like, Psyonix has a studio still because, I mean, they made that game before and it just didn't hit. And then it got to PlayStation Plus and then people started engaging with it more. Um, so it just. Recently. Sorry? They got bought. Yeah. Um, Epic. Yeah. But Good I mean, it's just. Yeah, it's just it's uh, I don't know. It's this is this is the first time in like, like a console. I don't usually buy the consoles when they come, um, mainly because I'm cheap. Um, but it, it it like this time around, I'm actually thinking of like, okay, if I buy an Xbox One X, or sorry, Series X. See, this is the worst naming scheme ever. Xbox Series X. Um, if I buy one. I can unplug my Xbox One. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Holy shit! Because that's it plays everything huge. that that machine plays. Fucking, that's so smart. Like, oh, I'm willing to pay a little bit because more for a console instead of waiting for a sale. Because hey, it'll just replace the thing that's there. Okay, perfect. I, I, I'm. This is one of the first times where I'm actually thinking about buying a console on launch. It's because crazy. of that, it's it's crazy. We've gotten to the point where there there are very there are less barriers. Yeah, I like that. I like. I mean, also, my favorite my favorite game of the decade. Like when they release the sequel, I still would be able to play with people who have it. Yeah, also, on whatever just, console I want to play it on. You know? I'm just gonna say the fact that like Microsoft has come out and said like the reason why they're not releasing uh, Xbox Series X exclusives is that they don't want to betray the customers that just bought an Xbox One uh, One X or an Xbox One 
Yeah, there's like whatever. 50 million of those machines out there. Why but would you that, not but want those I mean, games like, We just had there. Christmas. We just had Christmas. And it's like, yeah. if you think everybody's plugged into what Xbox is going to come out with next, you're absolutely wrong. You're listening to a gaming pod. Yeah. So. Anyway. I'm excited. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be a great year for this kind of stuff. It'll be interesting to see. I, I, I expect Sony's going to like do their PlayStation thing soon. I think that's where... Assassin's Creed will show up, and and this Batman, whatever game it is, it's I think those are going to be. Batman. Well, I think those are going to be kind of like tentpole things for Sony's reveal, like this new Batman, this Assassin's Creed. These will be PS5 launch titles or something like that. I don't. Um, but it's going to be a crazy year. You know, E3 is going to be crazy. Um, I'm assuming Microsoft will do another EXO uh, right before the system launches. Would be my guess. Um, probably a lot of really new and exciting games announced this year that we don't even know about yet. It's gonna be a good year. Yeah. Um, but we've got time, and I promised I would do this this week. The last hit. week's um, um game of the year from our listeners. Yep. I've All right. Got... Now I think Curtis sent in. Oh no, that's the games of the decade. He nailed it down for he has. I've got one email that I got, um, and then I've got some tweets. Uh, Dustin sent me. Okay, yeah, from last week as well. Up or yeah, I've got all the tweets from last week, and I've got an email. I have them up just in case. I've got uh, Dustin's top ten. He sent me an email. Uh, Number ten, Division Two. Number nine, Greedfall. Number eight, Astral Chain. Number seven, Pokemon Sword. Number six, Code Vein. Number five, Luigi's Mansion 3. Number four, Slay the Spire. Number three, Final Fantasy 14, Shadowbringers. Number two, Resident Evil 2. Number one, Sekiro. Most disappointing, Star Wars and Control. That's... Okay. Yeah, he explained, he explained He explained. why uh, he was... Dis- from. I can uh, see Star Wars. I can. I'm control, I... Uh, I, I can read out his... He said, uh, Control mainly for being overhyped. Okay. Um, I, mean, I didn't the, feel like it was hyped like, at all. <laughs> I mean, I guess after the fact. I mean, I talked that game up. Um, I mean, sure, after people played it, maybe. But, but uh, I mean, and all the interest. But his other thing was, all, and all the interesting stuff being in the side quest. I get that, uh, and a lot of the interesting information is also in, like the, the notes that you find. Yeah, I assume that's why he was talking about. Yeah. Uh, worst game, Travis strikes again. You know, I wanted to like that game a lot more than I did too. I totally forgot was, that game came out this year. Uh, did the Switch version launch this year? Or was it last year? Because I know the PS4 version came out this year. Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, I don't. It don't matter. That there was a game like I was like, uh, and then I saw what it was and went, never mind. Yeah, it's it's very repetitive. It's just a hack. Uh, like I've heard it's better co-op. I I don't know. Yeah, that's see, that's uh, there's the problem. Most anticipated Final Fantasy VII remake. Craig tweeted last week, my friend Pedro, fantastic game that came out of nowhere. Uh, Matt says, Gears 5 is probably up there with the game of the year for me, uh, though SOT is as close as it has been my most played. Um, That's Sea of Thieves, I'm assuming. Oh, okay. Uh, What are your most improved games of the year? Um... I don't know. That's kind of hard to say, because like, you play a lot of games that change. I don't think you do. Yeah, no. 
I'm just I trying mean, to Overwatch, think of stuff that... Overwatch is the only game that I play a lot of, and I think it had a big year with Roll Queue. But, I mean, I'd play it anyway. I'm just trying to think of even something that got like a there wasn't like bonus a bonus content guy this year, was there? No. No Man's Sky got VR last year. Battlefront 2 is a hell of a lot better than it was, I'll tell you that. I've heard. Yeah, like I booted that back up recently and I was like, wow, this is really a hell of a lot better. Yeah, it's amazing what happens when you stop engaging. Like, just, look, I'm no longer in love with Star Wars, but like people love Star Wars. Just, Just let people have fun with Star Wars. Like, just, just let it be a thing like it's an easy thing to do is just have people battle it out in star wars like it was they just had to mess it up but they fixed it and you gotta give them credit where credit's due adam says having only gotten my own personal ps4 in 2019 most of what i played was from prior years but there was no way i was missing out on crash team racing nitro fueled a fantastic game to start with but also remade to near perfection glad it's done so well bring on a new crash in 20 slash 21 um, there's actually a game that got a little bit more content throughout the year. It was Crash Team Racing. I don't know if it was better for the better, but th- there was more content it was, added. It was weird because it was like it was it was only for that time. So like it would add stuff, but you had to get it during the time it was yeah. available, which I didn't like because I wasn't playing that game regularly. Um. I did like the structure of it where like you level up this bar by doing different things in the game to unlock new items. I thought that was cool. Um, but I, I felt like I missed it because I didn't, it's not like overwatch where they run their events for two to three weeks and I'm playing it constantly with crash. I would play like one or two times during the event and I probably wouldn't unlock much of it, anyway. but that's just on me for not playing it as much. As for a new crash game, I don't, I mean, I'm assuming people want, like, old-school Crash. Did you play the remaster? I'm not a fan of Crash Bandicoot. Okay. I, so, I, like, to me, like, I, I totally I totally understand why people like it, but I've just never been a fan of Crash Bandicoot. I don't like running towards the camera. And I know that's not that whole game, but it just was never... I was more of a Spyro guy. Um, because that was... I mean, I was young when those games came out. So, Spyro yeah. being the collectathon is more interesting to me. Um than playing something that was like Mario, which I played on my dad's Super Nintendo. So I understand why people love it. I just wasn't for me. And so when they remastered it, I was like, that looks really good. I have no interest. You know, you want to hear it? I'll tell you a funny story, an old man story. So when I was your age, Crash Bandicoot was kind of like the, you know, the, the big shit uh, when it came out. Uh-huh. I went to E3 in 1999. Um, I was playing Spyro the Dragon, which was something new. It was a new game. Uh, as I was playing it, I was making a lot of references to Crash Bandicoot. Somebody walked up behind me and started asking me questions about how I felt about the game. Turns out that person was Ted Price. <laughs> and I had a conversation with him about the difference between Spyro and Crash Bandicoot. Yeah. Uh, that's one of those cool moments where you're like, I met that guy. He's a cool dude. He's a really nice guy. It's, But it's weird to have been it, there on the ground floor of Insomniac. Like, I had played Disruptor, and when I found out they made that, like, it was after I had talked to him, I was like, I love Disruptor. 
That game was so cool. <laughs> but the, like this was their first kind of platformer style game. Yeah, and I mean it's it's very much a we saw what Mario did and we did our own thing with that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's not a bad thing. Uh, I mean, I love some of the stuff that Spyro did, which was making it more cinematic. I got all the trophies on the first game on the remaster. Um, it's uh, it's just with uh, a new with the new Crash Bandicoot. My only fear is that they do something like they did on the 360 or something and take it totally left field. Oh, but that was a different. And those were, yeah, was... I know, I know, but it just it you never. You never know how it's going to be handled. No, you don't. I mean, they did a good job with the remaster and Crash Nitro Kart, so I would hope they would hand it to somebody who has love for the series. Toys, like with people... Bo- uh, t- Toys for Bob? Uh, Toys did... for Bob did... Or did they only do the Spyro? They did Spyro... Um... God. It's Vicarious that did... Vicarious did the Crash, Crash. Bandicoots, and then the Nitro Racing, I want to say, was what's the name of that company that also works for Activision? They did a couple Spider-Man games. Um, Beanox. Beanox did, um, yeah, Crash Nitro Kart. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah, those. Beanox is a hell of a lot better than you give him credit for. Uh, hey, it wasn't. It wasn't that the fact that um, the Amazing Spider-Man was a bad game. It was that it was a bad movie. <laughs> True. They did Shattered Dimensions. Shattered Dimensions was a good game, and then they yeah. were forced to make another game within a year based on that game that wasn't good, and that's because they didn't have any time. Oh, Curtis's Games of the Decade: Mass Effect Two, Neo, Lords of the Fallen, Far Cry Three, Ori and the Blind Forest, Bloodborne, Detroit Become Human, Dark Souls Three, The Surge, and Vampire. Vampire? I, I don't know. Vampire. Vampire, Vampire sounds right. But vampires, I'm assuming how they wanted to be, because they put the Y in there instead of the. But, but you could say you could say it as an I. I don't know. Far I, Cry Three I, is something that I didn't think about. But yes, Far Cry Three. That's a good game. I didn't like I didn't like what happened with Far Cry Four, but um, and I haven't really you know felt the same about. But Far Cry Three is so goddamn good. That was a really good fucking game. <laughs> And I mean, I'm I'm a big I'm a big Far Cry Two guy because I love the story. But Far Cry Three is one of the best feeling games. It's so pretty. You're just driving around, shooting stuff. They do those little missions where you. I got addicted to building things by hunting. Like that was the first game that. Yep. Yeah. Like go kill six sharks go, and you get go, a bigger wallet or go, something. Go kill this rare. All right. I'm- I'm down, man. Let's go. Let's kill some endangered species. It's like you need to kill this one with a bow. I need. I need to carry more arrows. Shoot arrows into this black leopard. (laughs) And then you're like Uh, using. I'm like, well, if I have to dive in the bottom of the ocean to grab this thing that is totally not necessary to finish this game, and it's likely only like a couple coins or whatever. But if I have to go grab it, I have to go grab a bunch of herbs first to make the spray that makes me, you know, um, or makes the potion or whatever that makes me uh, invulnerable or whatever. Animals won't attack you. And then also I need to do the one that allows me to breathe underwater. So I can, <laughs> it's just. The game was so stupid. Uh, and so fantastic. It just reset. I'm like, oh, let me see if I can 
redo this outpost and not set off the alarms. And then you, as soon as you have the um, sniper rifle that has the um, silencer, that game, <laughs> the game just comes a murder spree. <laughs> Where you, oh man, Far Cry Three is is definitely one of the best. I didn't even think about that. Uh, Curtis says it's kind of hard to nail down my favorite game because I played and enjoyed so much, especially the indie games. He does have a list. For us. Uh, I'm just going in order. Uh, David says this is the uh, only podcast that is us every single week. I appreciate your passion for gaming, differing and respectful opinions. I know with having a wife and kids, time is at a premium. Thanks for doing the show. Happy New Year. Uh, Chad says here are my games of the decade. Mass Effect 2, Red Dead Redemption, Skyrim, Grand Theft Auto 5, Assassin's Creed Black Flag, Last of Us, Witcher 3, Dying Light, Red Dead Redemption mm-hmm. 2, and God of War. I like seeing that dying light. Now I have a question because <clears> it wasn't. Is mass like why Mass Effect two? I, I just never. I'm, it's I'm like sorry, the Terminator I, it, two of Mass Effect. Okay, all right. I'm just I'm just curious because it's just like to me, played Mass Effect one and I've played a little bit of two and I have three, but Mass Effect um, two was like Mass just, Effect one was a great story, bad gameplay. Yeah. Mass Effect 2 was an incredible story and incredible gameplay. Okay. I, it's just so weird because that's the one that comes up and it's just, it's so weird for me to think about taking the middle of something and being like, this is great. Mass Effect 3 falls flat a little bit towards the end because they kind oh. of... Well, I know that. Like, I didn't have as big an issue with the ending as most people did, but for everything you did, it felt kind of like a wet fart. Well, that And that's <clears throat> that's the only reason why I know, like, when people... It's the same issue I had with the Telltale games and stuff, and that's the reason why I felt pretty happy with Black Sad because I know that there's at least a couple endings. Um, but like, if you're if you're going to sell a game off of choice, and then say that choice really doesn't matter, bad move. Um, the choices mattered before the ending, and I, I understand that, but it's like. Yeah. It it does. They weren't selling it on choices will matter, except for the ending. The ending is going to be the same, right? Yeah, the ending was kind of what it was, and it kind of what it had to be. And I get it. There's different flavors, and I totally understand that too. But it's like when when people are upset about the ending of Game of Thrones, that was the only episode I've ever watched of Game of Thrones. Um, my thing was is that like a lot of people were upset more about the pacing of the last season, but people were upset about the ending, and I'm like, but at some point, like. How how do you end something, right? Like, not everything ends up this, just this clean-cut... Sometimes bad things... People are still happen. pissed about the ending of Sopranos. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's ever happy with an ending, which makes me very nervous, because this is the end of Supernatural this year. Yeah. I'm very nervous about it. I mean, sometimes it, it will never ending, change how much I love that show. Like, never. can you think of a good ending of something that's been built up for a long time? I can't. Um, you know, like, like other than stuff that's already been written, but like, you know, Lord, Lord of the Rings has a good, because the books were written and the source material was written within a short time. I will period, tell you right? a couple, uh, recent ones. Smallville ended perfectly. Uh, okay. and I, I just finished, uh, season, was it season six of Gotham? Um, and I think that ended very well. The last episode wh- was a return to the city 10 years after the, the, the show ended. Oh, well, that's interesting. And it was cool to see the characters kind of grown up and, and where they were going to be. So that was an interesting way to end that. And I think they did it about as good as they could have. 
then you get to see Batman in the final frame, and that's kind of cool. I just, I, I, I just legitimately can't. too many things that end, like even even Halo, Halo Three, I felt ended on the perfect ending. You oh, know, of him dying in space. Of him dying, but then, but it wasn't even that he was dying. He was putting himself into cryostasis, and the idea being, hey, this is going to be an ending that is open, and and it's not, it's not a. I don't like definite endings, but I also appreciate when you make a stance, and the the stance there was like, we could, but we're not going to, but not in a fuck you way like Bioshock Infinite, in a yeah. way where it was like. Hey, look, Master Chief isn't needed here anymore, and so this is the end of his story. And it, they didn't have him just die, right? Because that—I mean—that was the—that's the ending you see if you don't finish on Legendary. And if you finish on Legendary, they give you a little bit extra, and it's just like, hey, I'm gonna be asleep for a while. And it's—it was just the per. And then four comes out, and then four, like you know, it just sometimes like that's the ending that you want and like bioshock infinite it's the opposite where it was like i could keep doing this there's always a lighthouse there's always a girl we we could just keep doing this but we're not going to and it's just like except they are but they are but not with him uh, but it was just like it, that's not the way you end something you don't you don't like whatever fuck you to the audience like you i know you love this and i could keep doing this forever but no all right, all right. Know, Chad, it's just weird for me. That's all. Yeah, uh, Chad's. If I'm not too late, my top ten for 2019: Far Cry New Dawn, Division this, Two. This is backwards in order, by the way, everybody. Um, I'm just reading as I go. I'm just saying. Uh, Control, The Outer Worlds, A Plague Tale, Jedi Fallen Order, Days Gone, Greedfall, Resident Evil Two, and Death Stranding. Note: I'm not a Kojima fanboy. I just liked it. Yeah, neither am I. I totally understand that. Uh, also, like to see is. Greedfall coming up as much as it is. Did you end up playing a Plague Tale? I played through the tutorial. I haven't right, gotten I haven't back to it. it. <laughs> uh, da, 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 da. Curtis, my game of the year list in random order. John Wick Hex, The Outer Worlds, Devil Engine, After Party, A Plague Tale, Shadows Die Twice, uh, Untitled Goose Game, Iron Fury, Darksiders Genesis, and Disco Elysium. I want to say it's actually supposed to be Ion for Fury. You might be right. Ion Maiden, yeah. Oh yeah, that's supposed to be coming to consoles this year. I want to play. What was it? Good. I didn't got it and buy it. Sweet. (laughs) Uh, Jeremy says, "Do you guys think PS5 will have backwards compatibility out of the gate, or will it be a delayed feature like Suspend was?" Personally, that will decide whether I jump in on day one or wait. I have a backlog. I don't want to lose. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I I I think PS4 will be in the box. The Um, fact that we can't remember if they've said it or not concerns me. I feel like they have. Yeah, but I see that that's such a weird thing to say that I feel like that. I mean, uh, I don't. I would hope. Hope. They haven't been out there like touting it like Microsoft has. So I don't. I just don't understand why you wouldn't. Um, Curtis says, who is a fanboy? What makes a fanboy? What describes a fanboy? Does playing only Xbox, PlayStation or Nintendo consoles make you a fanboy? Some say I am a fanboy for playing only PlayStation consoles. My reply to them is go. I go where the games are, so am I a fanboy? I did own an Xbox or 360. This is the tweet yeah. I was mentioning earlier. This is an easy question to answer because you're a fanboy if you just... If you defend shitty practices, 
because you you have bought the console. And you completely downplay other consoles. Yeah, like, and you will you will you will know that everybody on the show has a preference. But I will not sit here and shit on other consoles because I prefer to play on Xbox. I just don't do like that. like when and just to cover our asses, I suppose like when we shit on the Switch, it's not the Switch that we have the issue with. It's the fact that publishers and and the people that will fanatically buy the games and say, "Well, it's new to me." When it's you know a game that's been sold thirty dollars on every other console is new or whatever, and then they're charging sixty dollars or seventy dollars or whatever for the Switch version, you know the fact that the the term Switch tax exists, like it's not the it's not the console that's the issue. It's the like why would you defend a shitty practice if you overlook shitty things? because you invested it yourself into something don't just don't do that thing because they're not they don't owe you anything they don't care like at the end of the day they, they don't, don't care like i like the fact two shits about you i was i was defending microsoft earlier because they do a good thing but if they were to do a bad thing i'd throw them under the bus because that's oh, how God, that yeah. we we ripped the shit out of microsoft at the beginning of this generation with the whole oh how could online... you not Check pre-owned oh, game you, bullshit. You, oh, well, what if we don't have good uh, internet? I'll buy a 360. Fuck wow. right off, dude. <laughs> like, for real, man. Not, you know, like, I, I told a story I had uh, to somebody online. I, I, ha- I was selling consoles when the Xbox One and PS4 came out. I had launch consoles up until the year after. Because we couldn't move them, but boy, I sold out of PS4s on the regular. Oh yeah, when I went, and it's to, not I went to, to both we didn't have Midnight. Xbox One sell. It was just... Yeah, I went to both midnight launches. There was like ten people there for the Xbox. It was like fifty people there for the PS4, and it, it, it there's no shock. But like, it, there's there's a time and place to defend something, and there's a time and a place to criticize something. And I'm not saying defend like a white knight and and crucify those who you know, do a bad thing. That's not what I'm saying. But when you refuse to accept criticism or you downplay it, like in the case of Pokemon we were talking earlier, anyone that's like both sides are fanboys in this particular case because they refuse to accept the positives and the negatives. Like, yeah, it's kind of shitty that they're asking people to pay for DLC when it could have been included in the first place because they didn't, you know, have all the Pokemon in it. I understand that. But I also understand the fact that they're not asking for $60 for a brand new game when that's what they used to do in the past. And you'll see that a lot of people are arguing one side and not seeing the value in the other person. That's what a fanboy is. You just blindly see your side as right. And it's like, that's not no, they're, they're shitty practices and there's, you know, criticize those or have conversation, but don't just defend the thing because you feel a way. It's not, it's, it's, it's irritating. It, it can be, it can be frustrating to watch, especially people who will defend things to the uh, people who defend mediocrity and critique positive things. It's, it's crazy for me to watch like a game can come out um, and and people will just defend it because of what system it's on. Yeah, I mean, 
Like it's it it really doesn't matter what you're playing it on. It doesn't make it a better game. It's it's weird because like even it it happens in movies. Like there's people out there they're saying like the Star Wars Star Wars is fantastic. Like no, like you're allowed you're allowed to like a thing and also see the flaws in it. And I don't sure. know when it happened. I mean, video games it's always been the thing because at one point at in time, well, it's like sixty dollars. You got to justify that's why you true. spent that. But at $60. one point in time, also hardware was actually different right like it actually made a difference because like a genesis and a super nintendo were not the same so like having the playground level arguments made sense but there's not much it was still stupid it was was dumb but it was dumb but it was also kids at the time and it's exactly like out of it if you're arguing with somebody and you're 12 okay my son argues with me he's 10 okay if you're arguing with me on the internet and you're 30 fuck off yeah, and you know, it, it just—it's—it's <laughs> it's okay to like something, and 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 have issues with it. Like, you're allowed to like this podcast and hate a specific person on it. And maybe that person shouldn't respond negatively. Um, <laughs> but it's just—you're allowed to to see the the benefits to to enjoying something, and also see what is ruining your experience because that's okay. Like that's life. Life has ups and downs and everything that's in it's going to be the same way. I don't understand why, like though you would attach yourself to a box and be like, this is, this is the thing I'm going to defend. Like it's your, like your newly born child and you're holding it and cradling it. And you're going like, I'm going to protect you from everything. Cause guess what? That Sony will sell your information out. The minute a buyer is comes along. Like they didn't give a shit about their protection. Remember how they got hacked years ago? Remember getting some free stuff because of that? I sure as hell do. Um, Microsoft has had, like, their fuck, the Xbox One launch is one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. And Sony just got to walk up on stage, say, our console costs less, which they did back when the Saturn came out and uh, <laughs> with the PS1. And they also got to say, hey, this is how you use used games. And then they, they did a video where they trolled on them. Like that was a thing worth calling out. And when Microsoft does something good, you're allowed to go. That's a good idea. It's dumb. Just don't engage with it. And if somebody calls you a fanboy, ask them why. Maybe it'll either lead to you blocking that person because they're an idiot and they're just being an asshole and they're a fanboy themselves, or it'll allow for some self like critique maybe that needs to happen but honestly most of the people i see online generally are not fanboy so i don't think anybody listens to this podcast is or i'd hope not that like you know you chose the um slogan of the site for a reason ken i did uh i have my preferences i will always have my preferences but i will play wherever i want to play if it's good, I'll go play there. Uh, wrap this up. Uh, Dustin says, to add to my, on to my Game of the Year email, my honorable mentions would be Children of Morta, Fire Emblem Three Houses. Both probably would have made my top ten if I played them more. Uh, as you mentioned, he says, my disappointments are contro- with uh, Control and Star Wars. Control mainly for being overhyped and all the interesting stuff being on the side quests. Star Wars for being very flawed and boringly average. Without the Star Wars name, this title wouldn't be mentioned much and the story was bad. Uh, far enough in the story um i liked it i i mean i'm a star wars guy so i don't know if that's colored by that 
but yeah and i'm not and i was enjoying the story i think i don't know i think they fan service was i think i was because at one point because like so maybe that's also kind of coloring my view i was a star wars fan at one point i had fun playing the game but then again i like just about any game with a lightsaber I really don't yeah mind. i i i don't mind i did ha- i do have some issues with the combat but i also liked um oh god it's not the surge what's the other one what's the one they did before? thank you and it was not it was not like the best game ever but i was like oh, this is pretty good so like maybe that's it i also didn't have it on the year list though so i don't know I, I don't know enough about the game still because I do find it difficult, but I'm worried that if I turn the difficulty down, it's going to be too easy. It's a weird situation I'm in. So My top 10 of the decade um, of the top of my head in no order would be Bloodborne, Last of Us, God of War, Breath of Wild, Dark Souls, Final Fantasy XIV, Witcher 3, Red Dead 2. The last two games, I'm not sure, but probably Journey and Persona 5. Uh, shout out to AGDQ for raising over $3 million, setting a new record. Such an amazing week of speedruns. I enjoyed watching uh, the skill that all these runners have. Um, what do you think of the DICE Awards nominating Goose Game and snubbing Sekiro and RE2? You're telling me the Goose Game is better than those two? Are they high? The Goose Game is not a great video game. It's just in the talk. I I, I don't know what is DICE... Um... It's like developer. Okay. Works. And I and I find that I the Goose game is fine. As someone that wanted to like the Goose game and went and bought the fucking Goose game, um I I agree. I don't I don't know. I, I, it wasn't it's not bad and I understand why people like it. It's No, it's, I, it's I totally funny. get why people like it, but I also weird, it's this weird uh environmental puzzle game. I get it. I just really think it's a zeitgeist kind of thing. I don't. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't get it. I. I, I don't get it. I don't understand why it's. I get. I. I understand it's funny, and memes and all that stuff. I just didn't have fun. But it's just. It's, it. it's. It really isn't like the best. Like, had this not been a goose, had this been a bunch of random mobs type of thing, would people be the same level? I don't. It's like no, and like. The fact that it's called Untitled Goose Game is like kind of like really twee, and like maybe that's maybe that's the audience of Dice. I don't know. Like maybe that's the people that vote are really into like hipstery stuff. But I I just couldn't like I like weird shit, and even I was like, ah, you know this 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 Goose Game's great. Like it's 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 good, but I don't I don't think it's the one of the best games of the year at all. Mm-hmm. I, I like I think I think. There's there's something here, and I think this it was a thing that came up a couple times this year in terms of it games. There was that um, fuck, I can't remember the name of the game, but like environmental puzzles where they kind of just put you into a playground and you solve puzzles by just kind of interacting with things, and you slowly build into like a mouse trap sort of scenario where it's like I do this thing here and I do this thing and then I can do this thing and then I hit my goal. Um, that seemed to be a constant um, reventure. That's what it was called. Similar sort of aspect, and I think that was a better game. Um, it, very similar in the sense of like you set out at the morning, and then you the whole purpose is to get the character killed in a new, different way each time. And as you finish another one on the checklist, the idea is that you don't repeat yourself. And that was a better setup for a similar sort of gameplay. 
than the goose. And I, I get it. The goose has a funny story kind of wrapping around it um, in the end, but like, I, I just don't get it either. Yeah. And I bought uh, it. Couple more tweets so we can get out of here. Yeah. Playing through Pokemon and not hearing any voiceovers is pretty jarring right away, but you forget about it pretty quickly. Yeah, that that was jarring for me. Uh, I still need to go back and play that game. I do. Uh, he says, I talked to my banker. I'm cleared for that massive loan I'm going to need for all those March games. Now if I can just get enough vacation time to play through them all. I'll tell you what. I recently just took a two-week vacation from work, and it is... Man, it is so hard to go back to work. <laughs> it's been years since I've taken that much time off. Really? So... Think yeah, it, I don't. It just shows you how crazy I am because I can't. I haven't I, taken vacation in ages, man. I I don't I don't take vacation well. I, can't I don't stand either. Being off I, work I, for I have to. Time. I need to keep. I need to keep going because, like, I need the flow of things to be constant. Yeah, I, it was very hard for me to go. But from... I also realize I'm a psychopath, so. Mm. Well, I had to use my vacation time. Where I was, it was use it or lose it. Yeah, because they're not going to pay you out. No, they're that not going to give. Yeah, so it's like yeah, you know, at, that's kind of where I'm at too. So I like book off like a day now and then because I, I I can't be out of the flow that long. Like two weekends in a row, say where it's like two long weekends, just I hate it. Dude, it, just, it was it, it was it was so weird it. for me. I I actually planned it smartly. So at the end of my vacation, I worked a Thursday and Friday, which I knew most people would be off. So it just kind of gave me two days to get back into my flow of working, you know, nine to five. Smart. And then I started a full week this past week and I was just like, <laughs> I got to kick also, the rust off. I also find I get really complacent and just end up not doing anything. Yep. Because I'm not fighting for time for enjoyment anymore. So No, I literally stayed up as late as I want and slept as late as I want. It was crazy. Mm. Uh, the final tweet says, anyone play Outer Wilds? I tried it and it's not for me. I have tried to play this game twice. Okay, I have not. And uh, judging by your Dustin's tweet and your response, I have a feeling I'm gonna not like this game either. And I've only heard good things. And I'm I hear people talk about it, and I want to play it. And another, then I play it, and I don't want to play. But, it. but speaking of like what I was just saying, another game, big puzzle game with kind of, like, less direction, right? Like, it's not the normal... Like, it's a big environment, and then you're just you're supposed to put together the pieces and solve it. Yeah. It, it, so. It's literally a, a puzzle exploration game that doesn't really give direction. Yeah. And I just could not... Get I just, I've heard enough about it where I was like, oh, that sounds really interesting, but... Every time I, I use talk about the gameplay, interested. it sounds awful. Yeah, I was super interested in it. Like when I hear people talk about, it, they're like, "Oh, I did this and I did that," and I was like, "Oh God, I want to do that. I want to do that." And then I start playing it, and I'm like, "I don't want to play this." And it's not because it's bad; it's just not for me, you know. Yeah. So, sorry, my son just walked in to put the controller on the charger, and he has. No tact. He just yells in the. He's like yelling in the background. I'm like, dude, do you know my door's closed? I got my headphones on. Come on, man. Oh my god, that's. Uh... That's what uh, you got a ten year old dude. That's that's what it is. It just it's so funny. You're like, 
my son just walked in the room, put the charger uh, controller on the charger. He has no tact. He doesn't. He just walks in. I'm not his fucking parent. <laughs> he's like yell, like I'll hear him when I'm at work. Like I work from home, and my son is now homeschooled. So like during the day when he gets a break from his schooling, I'll hear him just run through the house screaming. Like this is a, a and I'm on a phone call with work people. Oh, who's 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 the parent here? <laughs> I'm just wondering, I'm looking for someone to blame. I'm just... Huh. He walks in and he... It's almost like he burps in my ear before the podcast starts, too. I'm not sure who he would have learned that from, Ken. I don't know. I went and laid down in bed with him last night before he went to bed and we were talking. (laughs) Don't you fucking walk in and And put a church on (laughs) He just farted. Oh, my God. (laughs) And he just looked at me. He's like, I smell it now. You got to smell it, too. I about lost it. I was like, God damn, this is my child. Yeah, holy shit. Wow. <laughs> okay. Okay. We're good to go. Uh, perfect. Yeah, I, I'm raising him right, you know. Uh. Anyway, uh, that is all the tweets. If you like to tweet us at M4G Podcast, you can shoot us an email. It's podcast at com. That's the email address. You can... <laughs> Don't try to contact Drew. He's not here, but he has no access to his Twitter. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, he, I got an email last night that said somebody had logged into the, the ZTGD um, Twitter account, and I texted him. I was like, hey, did you log into this, or did we get hacked? And he's like, no, I logged in. I got a new phone. I'm like, okay, cool. And then to find out that he lost access to his <laughs> other Twitter account. He has access to um, the Phoenix Down one, so he'll be using that as his yeah, he's tweeting from that, and he also has access to the, the content account, and, but he doesn't have access to his personal account, which I think might be my favorite thing. <laughs> I'm like, I mess, he's like, he's like, I, he's tweeted that from the Phoenix Down account, and I'm like, what happened between yesterday and today? Yeah, apparently he bought, a, he bought a new phone. I'm like, well, do you have access to your old phone? He's like, no, I traded in, and it's been wiped. Does Android not work the same as iPhone? I don't know. Because whenever I get a new, whenever I buy a new iPhone, they literally just take my old phone and basically go. It should, but I don't know if he. So, assuming he still has a Samsung, um, he has a Galaxy S10. I think is what he bought. Right. It should have. It should think because he bought he bought a different if he but but if he bought a different phone. Like, if you bought, so I don't know if it does it between, like, it should between Galaxies, but I don't know if he had a different offshoot or something from Samsung. No, I'm pretty sure he had an old Galaxy. Right, I think so too, but yeah, if you had a different, necessarily, because obviously it's not the same, like, Samsung has their own version of Android. Yeah, Android's the operating system, I know how that stuff works. Yeah, but it's a uh, different package, uh, like, they, they package it differently. With yeah, 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 like, most of the phones do, like, most of them package, and you guys get access to different versions of Android, yeah. but based on carrier and all that shit. But Android is just, like, confusing. To me, it's like, a, he should have, he should have said something. Yeah, just, like, how, but how uh, do you lose that, like, I don't know. I was, hoping just... he, I was hoping he would be here so I could make fun of him to his face. <laughs> <laughs> like just, I tried helping him earlier, but it, just, it won't send an email to him to reset the past. That's fucking hilarious. I'm and then sorry, I was like, 
I was like, what's your email? And then he sent it to me. He's like, don't ask. And I was like, all right. Oh, God. One of his, oh, uh... it's an old Yahoo one. It was fantastic. Yeah, everybody's got that old embarrassing Yahoo I, I'm or so mail I'm account. so glad all minor trash. <laughs> Yeah, my I have an old hot. Here's the worst part: is I have an old Hotmail account attached to my Xbox Live, and it's the only email domain that you can't change your email address for uh, on Xbox Live. So I have to keep that email box open. Like yeah, I would have just closed it over from my first to my second email a long time ago. So it's but, like... but they won't let you do it with a Hotmail account, which is well, hilarious. I did. Hotmail I had... doesn't even exist anymore. Hold on, let me think. I want to say my first one was a Hotmail account, but this is 60 era that I switched over to a new. You can live add account. a new one. No, you, can, uh, you have... mean you mean a new live account is what you did? So I I have a live dot com email, right? Oh, but I, no, had I had a, a, I had a but I had a Hotmail dot com one before. Oh, I can't, I've not been able to switch to live. Hotmail. I don't know if it's a thing you can do anymore. I've got, um, I don't think I have a Yahoo address. I never really used Yahoo email. No, I might have one. The only time I've used the Yahoo email was to hack the PlayStation TV. So owning owning your own website, I have probably 50 email accounts. <laughs> None of them can save Drew's Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I can't forward. Like, I have all of your guys' emails. Yeah to your personal accounts but so if ever anybody listening what i need you to do is i need you to tweet at drew's account non-stop so when he inevitably gets access to it again <laughs> somebody's gonna hear this and just hack his account and tweet a bunch of racist shit or something notification you wouldn't know the difference if it was him or not <laughs> oh come on here and i still doing the joke uh yeah no i mean that's a pretty easy one to shut down at that point though like it's hacked that you can shut it down. Problem is, is right now it's in limbo, so no one's there, and they can't oh. hack it because they can't get an email from it either. That's pretty funny. They no one can access it. It's just a dead account on the internet. It's pretty funny. Uh, anyway, it's 2020, y'all. Um, just a just a uh, a life hack. When when you're signing things this year and you 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 finally remember to type twenty, make sure you type twenty twenty in full. Think about it on a document. Somebody could change it to twenty eighteen. Because if you just put one one twenty, wow. they could just add numbers to the end. You know. Yeah. A life hack. Make sure you put write the whole thing. Twenty twenty. I ain't got nothing else. Uh, my hack is, and it might sound stupid, but like write down all your passwords on an actual physical piece of paper. Um, <laughs> not the ones to important, important stuff, but like, hey, maybe if I want this Twitter account, you like, or you do what I do and you put them on a special type of document that you can only read with a certain type of file reader and you put it onto an SD card and then you take that SD card out of your computer until you need to access a password because you forgot it. I got an idea. Let's just let's just move to retinal scans or something because I can't remember all these passwords and 
special characters and numbers well, and letters. That and... Us to our sponsor, LastPass. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of being able to steal, nobody's sponsoring this fucking. Yeah, no, that's... I just I love when people spo- use that sponsor on uh, YouTube because all I can think of is like, ah, remember one password for all your passwords. Oh, so they only have to steal that one password. They only got to steal the one. It's fine. It's fine. I don't uh, know. I, I I work at a place where I have to update my password every 90 days. You want to talk about something that sucks because you can't use old passwords or anything containing old password names yep. or numbers. Yep, I know that feeling. So I have to change every that password days. every 90 days. So I come up with a formula and I just use that formula. Yeah. It sucks. I hate pa- I hate fucking passwords. I hate well, it's, them. It's actually security risk when they ask you to change your password as much as possible. Because the password everything gets is... weaker each time you do a new one. Everything is security. I'm so fucking tired of it. <sighs> anyway. That's a show. Depressing note. 2020, security. y'all. Video games. New consoles. It's gonna happen, but until then, we're gonna play some games and talk about them. And Apparently old shit, and then we come on. And hopefully these fuckers that do this podcast will be back next week. Who knows? Yeah. Well, I vamped as much as possible. Yeah, well, it still lasts two show. hours. Yeah, well, I said I vamped as much as possible, Ken. All right, we out. Peace, Precious Bear. Alrighty, and it goes something like this. Epic fail. Welcome to the N4G Podcast. This is going to be a very interesting episode. Greetings, program. I got lost trying to find my way to the secret underground N4G radio layer. The Play games, not consoles. No bad boys allowed. And then I, and then I killed the dragon. Then I killed the dragon.